Hi, this is David. Eating right is often hard these days, but eating better is easy with Factor's ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. With Factor, there's no prep and no mess. Their meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Plus, Factor is less expensive than takeout, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. What are you waiting for? Discover Factor's wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash living50 and use code living50 to get 50% off. That's code living50 at factormeals.com slash living50 to get 50% off. Thank you. Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Peace, Power, and Plenty by Orison Sweat Martin, published in 1909. The worst thing about poverty is the poverty thought. It is the conviction that we are poor and must remain so that is fatal to progress in life. Holding the poverty thought keeps us in poverty-stricken and poverty-producing conditions. Poverty is an abnormal condition. It does not fit any human being's constitution. It contradicts the promise and the prophecy of the divine within us. The Creator never intended that we should be a pauper or a slave. There is not a single thing in the wonderful human mechanism that indicates we were created for a life of poverty. There is something larger and grander for us in the divine plan than perpetual slavery to the breadwinning problem. None of us can do our best work bring out the best within us while we feel want tugging at our heels, while we are hampered, restricted, forever at the mercy of pinching circumstances. The very poor, those struggling to keep the wolf at bay, cannot be independent. They cannot order their lives. Often they cannot afford to express their opinions or to have individual views. Poverty in its extreme form is narrowing, belittling, contracting, ambition-killing, an unmitigated curse. There is little hope in it, little prospect in it, little joy in it. It often develops the worst in us and kills love between those who would otherwise live happily together. It is difficult for the average human being to be a real man 
or a real woman in extreme poverty. When worried, embarrassed, entangled with debts, forced to make a dime perform the proper work of a dollar, it is almost impossible to preserve that dignity and self-respect which enable us to hold up our head and look the world squarely in the face. Yes, it is true that some rare and beautiful souls have done this, and in dire poverty have given us examples of noble living that the world will never forget. But on the other hand, how many has it driven to the lowest depths of life? There is, of course, no disgrace in unpreventable poverty. We respect and honor people who are poor because of ill health or a misfortune which they cannot control. The disgrace is in not doing our level best to better our condition. What is condemnable is preventable poverty, that which is due to laziness, to slovenly slipshod aimless work, to idling and dawdling, that poverty which is due to lack of effort, to wrong thinking, or to any preventable cause. Every person should be ashamed of poverty which they can prevent, not only because it is a reflection upon our ability and will make others think less of us, but also because it will make us think less of ourselves. The trouble with many of poverty's victims today is that they have no confidence that they can get away from poverty. They hear so much about a poor person's lack of opportunities that the great money machine will compel nearly everybody in the future to work for somebody else. They hear so much talk of the grasping and the greed of the rich that they gradually lose confidence in their ability to cope with conditions and become disheartened. I do not overlook the heartless grinding practices of many of the uber-rich or the unfair and cruel conditions brought about by unscrupulous political and financial schemers. But I wish to show the downtrodden that, notwithstanding all these things, multitudes of poor people do rise above their hard environment and that there is hope for them. The mere fact that so many continue to rise, year after year, out of just such conditions as you may think are fatal to advancement, ought to convince you that you too can conquer your environment. Remember that when you lose confidence, every other success quality gradually leaves you and life becomes a grind. You lose ambition and energy. You are not so careful about your personal appearance. You are not so painstaking. Do not use the same system and order in your work. Grow slack and slovenly and slipshod in every way and become less and less capable of conquering poverty. Because the poor person cannot keep up appearances and live in the same style as their wealthy neighbors, they often become discouraged and do not try to make the best of what they have. They do not put their best foot forward 
and endeavor with all their might to throw off the shackles of poverty. If there is anything that paralyzes power, it is the effort to reconcile ourselves to an unfortunate environment, instead of regarding it as abnormal and trying to get away from it. Poverty itself is not so bad as the poverty thought. It is the conviction that you are poor and must remain so that is fatal. It is your attitude of mind that is destructive, the facing toward poverty and feeling so reconciled to it that you do not turn about face and struggle to get away from it with a determination which knows no retreat. So long as you carry around a poverty atmosphere and radiate poverty thoughts, you will be limited. You will never be anything but a beggar, while you think beggarly thoughts. Never anything but a failure, while you think failure thoughts. If you are afraid of poverty, if you dread it, if you have a horror of coming want in old age, it is more likely to come to you, because this constant fear saps your courage, shakes your self-confidence, and makes you less able to cope with hard conditions. The magnet must be true to itself. It must attract things like itself. The only instrument by which people have ever attracted anything in this world is their mind and their mind is like their thought. If it is saturated with the fear thought, the poverty thought, no matter how hard they work, they will attract poverty. You walk in the direction in which you face. If you persist in facing toward poverty, you cannot expect to reach abundance. When every step you take is on the road to failure, you cannot expect to reach the success goal. If you can conquer inward poverty, you can soon conquer poverty of outward things. For when you change your mental attitude, the physical begins to correspond. Holding the poverty thought keeps us in touch with poverty-stricken, poverty-producing conditions, and the constant thinking of poverty, talking poverty, living poverty, makes us mentally poor. That is the worst kind of poverty. We cannot travel toward prosperity until our mental attitude faces prosperity. As long as we look toward despair, we shall never arrive at the harbor of delight. The individual who persists in holding their mental attitude toward poverty, or who is always thinking of their hard luck and failure, cannot possibly go in the opposite direction, where the goal of prosperity lies. If you would attract good fortune, you must get rid of doubt. As long as that stands between you and your ambition, it will be a bar that will cut you off. You must have faith. No one can make a fortune while they are convinced they can't. Indeed, the I can't philosophy has wrecked more careers than almost anything else. Confidence is the magic key that unlocks the door of supply. I never knew anyone to be successful 
who was always talking about business being bad. The habit of looking down, talking down, is fatal to advancement. The Creator has bidden every person to look up, not down, has made you to climb, not to grovel. Stingy, narrow minds do not attract money. If they get money, they usually get it by parsimonious saving, rather than by obeying the law of opulence. It takes a broad, liberal mind to attract money. The narrow, stingy mind shuts out the flow of abundance. It is the hopeful, buoyant, cheerful attitude of mind that wins. Optimism is a success builder. Pessimism an achievement killer. Optimism is the great producer. It is hope, life. It contains everything which enters into the mental attitude that produces and enjoys. Pessimism is the great destroyer. It is despair, death. No matter if you have lost your property, your health, your reputation even, there is always hope for the person who keeps a firm faith in themselves and looks up. As long as you radiate doubt and discouragement, you will be a failure. If you want to get away from poverty, you must keep your mind in a productive, creative condition. In order to do this, you must think confident, cheerful, creative thoughts. The model must precede this statue. You must see a new world before you can live in it. If you want to be successful, you must play the part you are trying to demonstrate opulence, you must play it, not weakly, but vigorously, grandly. You must feel opulent, you must think opulence, you must appear opulent. Your bearing must be filled with confidence. You must believe that you were made for success and happiness, that there is a divinity within you which will, if you follow it, bring you into the light of prosperity.